0: People get tired of that, and those, you know, that's your, your uh, proverbial micromanager who's always looking over your shoulder and making sure you're doing things right. Fear doesn't work. On the very opposite end of this spectrum, to me, is hope. You just kind of hope things work out. (laughs) That's not a very good strategy either. But right in the middle between that fear and hope is trust, uh, where you trust people to do their job well. they may make some mistakes, but to me, if, if people aren't making mistakes, they don't have enough latitude for their job and they're not gonna grow.
1: Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the CEO at the greatest outdoor show on earth, Calgary Stampede, welcome to this podcast, Joel Cowley. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Pleasure to be with you. <laughs> Likewise. Let's just jump right into it. How about you let the listeners know who you are and uh, what you what you do?
0: Sure, sure. So I am the chief executive officer at the Calgary Stampede, and as you mentioned, it is the greatest outdoor show on earth. Uh, but as we will get into later in the podcast, there's a lot more that we do than just put on that great ten day festival. Um, I am an American. I have to be right up front with that. And I've been in Calgary for 13 months now and on the job and uh, brought my wife of 30 years up with me, uh, Tammy. And uh, we're just thrilled to be here. We both grew up in northern Colorado, so Calgary's always felt a little like home for us as we've come here over the last 30 years. And prior to this, I was at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, so very much a sister organization to the Calgary Stampede developed a great appreciation for the stampede and a lot of friendships. And so when this position came open, I figured I have to go for that. And uh, we're just thrilled to be here.
1: That's wonderful. Uh, what's maybe something that people don't know about that uh, the Calgary stampede does.
0: Well, you know, everyone knows the 10 day festival. It's impossible to come to Calgary, uh, during those 10 days (laughs) and not know the Calgary stampede is going on. And, uh, You know, I mentioned my experience at Houston for 15 years. Yeah, that's a metro area of over 6 million people. And the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is every bit as big as the Calgary Stampede. In fact, it runs 20 days instead of 10 and draws about twice as many people. But it was possible to come to Houston during that event and not know it was going on uh, in that huge metro area. You can't do that in Calgary. Uh, you know this 1.2 million-ish people. I think it's just a perfect market size for the Calgary Stampede. It's big enough to support all the activities and and the investment we make in putting forth a fantastic presentation for folks, but small enough where it still has that community feel. Uh, so everyone knows about that. But I, you know, most people that I've talked to, they're they're not aware the Calgary Stampede is a not for profit. Um, we are a not for profit organization here in Canada and one of the things that means unlike the united states is that we can't carry a large financial reserve year to year and so when this pandemic hit it was hard Um, there was no rainy day fund to draw on and through a lot of layoffs of staff and some real belt tightening and really taking on debt over two years the organization survived that to the point where we could put on a full successful 2022 stampede it's gonna be many years for us to recover, but uh, we feel like we turned the corner with the 2022 Stampede. Another thing people probably don't realize is that we manage Stampede Park year round. So the BMO Convention Center and the, uh, the expansion that's being developed, uh, we manage that. We're responsible for selling that facility and bringing people to Calgary and generating the economic uh, impact that out of town conventions bring. Um, as well as the other facilities. Uh, we've had a number of equestrian events in the Nutrient Western Events Center here in the last few weeks. And we operate a youth campus to the Northeast of Stampede Park uh, that houses the Transalta Center for the Performing Arts, which is the home of the Stampede Band and the Young Canadians, the Canadian, uh, Calgary Arts Academy, uh, which is a full curriculum school that focuses on, uh, on the arts. And uh, we host a lot of young people here throughout the year through Stampede School, so we'll have uh, say third and fourth graders come here all five days of the week to learn about history of Calgary and Western heritage and sustainability and agriculture at Stampede School, and uh, we'll actually take them to one of our two ranches, uh, the O.H. Ranch uh, that was donated to the Calgary Stampede uh, ten years ago, and uh, they'll go down there and see firsthand what early ranch life was like, and they'll learn about ecology ecology and sustainability and things of that nature. So this is really a diverse organization. Uh, A lot of people are aware of that 10-day event, but certainly not aware, I don't think most people are aware of uh, the impact that we have within the community, both in terms of drawing people to Stampede Park, but also from an educational standpoint of youth uh, throughout the year.
1: Absolutely. That's actually one thing I didn't really know before that the Calgary Stampede was a not-for-profit, and yep. I guess that explains the theme "We're Greatest Together." Absolutely. Yeah. You
0: know, and the the vision is to create a world-class gathering space for the community, and uh, i.e. Stampede Park. And uh, we're so excited for the BMO expansion that takes the BMO Convention Center from five hundred thousand square feet to over a million square feet of this. Spectacular space. Um, I I imagine people have seen the construction going up. It's kind of hard to miss it, but it will be finished in June of twenty-four. And uh, what it does for Calgary is it it really transitions the BMO Center from from being a trade show facility. In other words, trade shows come to Calgary, and the local population comes and enjoys the trade show, whether that's a home and garden show, an RV show, a boat show what this expansion does is it turns it into a convention destination so it brings people from outside of calgary both from within canada and and outside of the borders that's what generates that economic impact because uh, those visitors they uh, they stay in hotels they eat at restaurants um, they they shop uh, they purchase things and so we're excited about that because it will increase the uh, the economic impact on on uh, the city of Calgary.
1: Hmm. One thing you did mention that I want to kind of go back on was uh, the pandemic times. Um, obviously, it's a challenging it was a challenging time for everybody. Uh, but how do you build that resilience in times of challenge?
0: You know, so I I arrived in September of 21. So the pandemic was going on, but I was not here in March of 2020. When the pandemic started, but speaking with the, the staff who were here, it was really tough. Um, that we basically laid off about forty percent of our full time workforce and, and an even higher percentage of our our casual workforce, uh, and still haven't built back to that level at this point. But I would say that that resilience um, it it has to do with the people that we here. Uh, we have a staff here who are incredibly committed to the organization. Uh, one of the other things that people don't always realize about the Calgary Stampede is a volunteer-based organization, 2,500 volunteers that uh, work on 28 committees uh, and give freely their time and their talents. And so that resiliency was really tied to the people and their commitment to the organization uh, during that tough time and uh, just operating with the belief that brighter days are ahead. And it it took... Over two years, but uh, we saw those brighter days with the 2022 Stampede.
1: Absolutely. Speaking of brighter days, uh, the first Stampede, I believe, was called The Last West. Yeah. What do, you, what do you envision for the future of the Calgary Stampede?
0: Yeah, it's it's funny, that first Stampede in 1912, uh, yeah, The Last Great West is what it was called, but um, it wasn't really envisioned by the, the organizer and the supporter as being an ongoing event. Um, it was four local ranchers and businessmen who were kind of convinced that the West, Western lifestyle, Western way of life, was disappearing. So we need to have one last hurrah before it disappears. And they had that 1912 stampede. Um, you know, here we are, 110 years later, and and we we're keeping that that Western heritage alive. And uh, the other part of our mission, our original mission, is was agriculture, and we're keeping that alive. It's taken on a different form over the years. Uh, with regard to, you know, how rodeo and, and chuck wagon races are presented. Um, we've made changes that, uh, you know, are in the best interest of safety and and the the, uh, the welfare of the animals, um, but we still feel we're keeping it alive. And with regard to agriculture, we still have horse shows and we still have livestock shows, but we've taken a greater role in educating the public on agriculture through some really fun, interactive Uh, activities, uh, both on campus during the Calgary Stampede and with, you know, an event we have called Aggie Days that's put on in the spring for school kids and the general public to come and enjoy. And so I I bring that up because there's already been a lot of of change over those 110 years. Probably the biggest challenge that those of us in the fair and festival industry have is is staying relevant. Um, When most of these fairs and festivals started a century ago they were kind of the only thing in town it's like you got to go you have to go and now there's certainly a, a lot more uh for for consumers to choose from including the metaverse i mean that certainly wasn't around in 1912 uh there there's just there are a lot of things competing for people's attention there are a lot of things uh, competing for people's entertainment spending and so we have to just continually look at ourselves and say, what can we do uh, to both retain the, uh, the, the friends, the customers we have, but, but make new friends and bring different people out here to the park um, and, and drive them here. And while they're here, hopefully they learn about Western heritage and they learn about agriculture, but we've given them a reason to come here and enjoy the Calgary Stampede. So, you know, looking toward the future, we will continue to look for ways to stay relevant, to utilize technology, uh, to bring in more diverse activity that draws a, a broader audience to us uh, over that time frame.
1: Absolutely. That's one thing I could really um, confirm is that the value proposition of the Calgary Stampede, I just see so many diverse people go into the Calgary Stampede. And it's just really wonderful to see. So uh, it's wonderful to hear that that's in the plans for the future to keep expanding, keep getting a more broad audience to, to, the, to the grounds.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's critical for the success of an organization like ours. I mean, we, we know that uh, we're in a very diverse city here, and uh, our goal is to pitch a tent that's big enough for everyone to come and enjoy and feel comfortable. Uh, but in that tent, we want to have something that truly interests them. Uh, uh, but at the very center of that tent will be the Western heritage and the agriculture.
1: I love that. <laughs> uh speaking of success, uh I mean I've had a bunch of successful people you include on the podcast and I always love to ask from their perspective what does uh, success look like to them?
0: You know, to to me, uh it's it's pretty simple. Uh, success I think is really measured by the extent to which you help others and make their lives better. And you know, immediately you might thinking about charitable activities. Um, and and certainly so in philanthropic activities, but that also expands to commercial activity. If if you have a product or a service that makes people's lives better, um, and 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 they they benefit from it, that's success. Uh, you know, from our not for profit standpoint, we look for opportunities to really be out in the community and and uh, enhance people's lives. Whether it's putting on events over the ten day period or throughout the year but it's really the extent to which you make people's lives better if if you do that um you're successful in my in my opinion
1: i love that and yeah i totally believe that i think that's one of my indicators of success as well just being able to have that positive impact of those yeah. around you so we're very much aligned there <laughs> um what's uh, maybe one common myth about your work that you wish you would debunk
0: the <laughs> <laughs> one, one of them that, that people are working uh, in this industry um, they you work you work at the Calgary stampede what do you do the other 355 days a year. I mean, <laughs> and I, and when I worked at Houston with that 20-day show, it was the same question. Well, what do you do? So so I'm, I'm here on a work permit now, and I've traveled back to the States um, several times, and I come back through, and every time I go through customs, of course, they look at my work permit, and they say, you work for the Calgary Stampede? And I said, yes, I do. And they say, well, it's October. Why are you here? <laughs> And so then I, 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 have a shortened version of it. Well, we operate Stampede Park year round. Uh, and, uh, so it, it's, it's a year long job for a number of us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get that a lot. I know every employee here has received that comment when they say they work for the Cowdery Stampede. <laughs> we're, we're here all year long. Yeah. Uh, managing this property, maintaining this property, you know, uh, uh, offering this property up to outside events, putting on our own events and, uh, again, operating our youth campus. So um, there are very few slow times for us. It's not just the 10 days and we take the rest of the year off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good uh, clarification for anybody that's uh, listening. <laughs> They're always working. They're always working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's maybe one thing that you've read or listened to that's uh, that's really inspired you?
0: You know, I, I will tell you, it's it's something. A uh, couple of events that I attended, something I witnessed um, uh, earlier this year. I went to the seven over seventy gala, where they recognized seven Calgarians over the age of seventy for their impacts impact that they've had on the community. That was truly inspiring uh, to hear people who you know had clearly reached retirement age, but they're not slowing down. Uh, they may not be directly involved in their core business anymore, but they are undertaking community service and philanthropic uh, action that is truly still impacting this community in a positive way. That was really cool. And then uh, just last week, I went to the uh, Southern Alberta Business Hall of Fame. And, you know, had I not been there, I wouldn't have heard the stories of the four inductees and uh, just the impact that they had, the struggles that they had. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. You know, there was uh there was uh, the inventor of the smart board, which is used in all these classrooms really throughout North America, I think around the world now. There were several times where she was telling her story. I'm like, man, some people would have just quit. And she didn't. She stuck with it. And th- those are the kind of things that, that just really inspire me. Somebody has a good idea. And despite how difficult it is, they stick with it. And then they find that success where they've, they've impacted others in a meaningful way. That that was pretty cool. Um, I think a Trico Hones, another inductory inductee, uh, Wayne and Eleanor Chu and you know, <laughs> immigrated here uh and uh started up this business and they thought, well, the business isn't enough. Uh we're gonna make sure we support the community in a meaningful way. And and they did that. They saw opportunities to do that. So, you know, those two events they those stick out in my mind because uh I took my wife to both of those and we were driving home thinking that is really cool. We we need to make sure that uh when we're older than seventy, we're still looking for opportunities to <laughs> <laughs> to uh to contribute. And uh no matter how challenging it is, listening to those stories and those inductees to the the business hall of fame, stick with it. If you believe in it, stick with it.
1: Mm, I love that. Just stick with it. Uh how about for you personally, what would you say your Unique skill is that's made you become so successful you
0: know that's a great question um, and i I would probably say that it's it's my ability to build consensus mm-hmm. and and bring people together and point everybody in the same direction and And I have helped uh, doing that, but a lot of that I think comes from listening and understanding everyone's point of view, uh overcoming objections that some people may have. Um, so, you know, if, if I were to have a superpower, if we called it that, it would be just the ability to listen and understand people's perspective, uh, but then build consensus among the, um, that that's something that I actually enjoy doing. And it gives me great, uh, great gratification to be able to do that.
1: I love that Joel's superpower is listening. I love that. Listening (laughs) and consensus
0: building. Yeah, Yeah, I love that.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess since you've been listening to a bunch of uh, your team and uh, people around you, what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked?
0: You know, that's that's kind of, that's a hard one to to answer, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, I love it as it pertains to the Stampede when, when people ask questions and, and want to know more about the Stampede, because as we talked about earlier, they, people focus on that that ten-day event, and it's it's hard for me to walk into a, say, a meeting with somebody and just start laying information at them. Um, <laughs> you know, it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be a flow. Uh, so when someone asks, "Well, what else does the Stampede do?" I love it when people ask that. Not everybody asks that. You know, they they want to know about the ten-day events and they want to know about the, you know, whether it's rodeo or carnival or or the stars that are in the the uh the saddle dome i love it when people ask well, what else is the stampede up to and and i can share some of those stories that i'm, I'm sure most people aren't aware of the impact that this organization has around
1: absolutely and i've even learned last just uh in this interview so um and i'm sure the listeners will too so that's yeah. uh <laughs> awesome that you shared i <laughs> only have a couple more questions here for you joel um okay What's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far?
0: Um, You know, I I think with this organization in particular, I'm proud of the way that we accomplished our our core mission of of presenting Western heritage and preserving it and and also presenting agriculture in a way where people uh, will uh, appreciate agriculture they'll leave here hopefully with a greater appreciation of agriculture that's how i came into this business was through the agricultural side i grew up showing livestock um and it had just a profound impact on my life and and my self-confidence to be able to to show livestock and participate in other 4-h activities like public speaking and things of that nature and so i'm pretty passionate about that um and and western heritage has been a part of my family as well for quite some time and so being able to preserve that Western heritage and and keep it on display for future generations uh, and communicate the importance of agriculture to largely it's an urban audience that is probably three or four generations removed from any agrarian background. And one thing that I noticed, whether it's in the United States or in Canada, is that we as North Americans kind of tend to take food for granted. because our food production system in both Canada and the United States is so efficient uh we in these two countries spend you know the lowest percentage of our disposable income on food of any anywhere in the world, and because food is so affordable and so available to most, I won't say all because I know we have hunger issues and, and they that need to be resolved but because it's so affordable and so available to all, we tend to take it for granted. But when we look at You know, there's 7.3 or 7.4 billion people on the planet today. And by 2050, it's going to be 10 billion. I mean, we're going to have to feed more people with less land because we're developing land for for other other reasons. Um, That's a challenge. And it's a challenge that everyone needs to be aware of. And everyone needs to be supportive of agriculture. So, you know, I'm really proud of the way that this organization uh, communicates that. And a lot of it's targeted at a younger audience with the activity in the city, but I'm sure the parents don't know a lot of those things as well. So people may come here for a variety of reasons. You know, maybe it's the carnival or the Midway or fun food on a stick or whatever it might be. Um, but if they leave here with a greater appreciation for agriculture, that that makes me proud, no doubt
1: absolutely and i'm i'll be sure to support and uh, share the message as well so that more people are aware and uh just go go hang out the calgary stampede go support (laughs)
0: that's right (laughs) it's
1: a great time um where can let's just connect with you online uh so
0: the calgary stampede is pretty much on every social media channel channel that that you might want to get on and and uh our team is very active in information uh, especially as the stampede approaches but as i mentioned throughout the year because we have a lot of exciting things that happen throughout the year Uh, for me personally uh, i'm on linkedin i'm not a huge social media user but i am on linkedin i'm pretty active on linkedin especially when the stampede rolls around and i stay in touch with a lot of uh, a
1: lot of friends and colleagues through linkedin Absolutely. I'll put those links in the show notes, guys, So go reach out. Um, is there anything, anything on the plug of the Calgary Stampede or any, anything coming up that you want to share with the audience?
0: Yeah. So the future of the Stampede, just touch on that a little bit. We we talked about the BMO Center and and that's really going to be, a, it's going to be a game changer for Calgary because uh, it, it will turn Calgary into tier one uh, convention destination and it will create economic impact. I mean, the Calgary Stampede will Right now, according to a 2019 study, which would have been our last full year prior to the pandemic, uh, creates about $540 million of economic activity per year. Uh, About half of that is generated during the 10 days of the stampede. So it's really meaningful to the community. Uh, Even those in the community who don't go to the Calgary Stampede and, and enjoy it, they benefit from the Calgary Stampede because of that economic impact and economic activity is generated. And when you add a VMO in and you start bringing in these international conventions, that grows even more. Uh, and so we're really proud of that. Uh, another construction project we have going on now is the SAM Center on our youth campus. And uh, I, I hopefully your listeners will see more about this as it nears completion. BMO expansion will be done in June of 2024 in time for the 2024 Stampede. We're so excited about that. The SAM Center will be done in April of 2024, and it's a year-round stampede experience. Um, It's it's designed to be uh, an immersive and interactive, uh, really, education on uh, on, Western lifestyle, uh, the Calgary Stampede itself, the importance of agriculture. And I I get asked what SAM stands for. It actually stands for SAMUEL. It's not an acronym. The lead donor on it is Don Taylor. And uh, those who've been to the Bella Theater, Bella was Don Taylor's mother. So there's the honor to mom. Sam Center, Samuel was his father. There's the honor to dad. (laughs) And what it does is it's going to give uh, those who come to Calgary, and it's not during the 10 days of the Stampede, they can still get a Stampede experience. And for those local, those who live in Calgary, there will be a rotating display that will switch out every now and then to hopefully maintain their interest where they'll come back and enjoy the SAM Center again and again. So those are two projects that I'm really excited about. And then on a broader scale, really excited about uh, just the Rivers District Master Plan uh, that Calgary Municipal Land Corporation has put together to turn this area, both Stampede Park and the area north of Stampede Park, uh, into a a culture and entertainment district. And uh, very excited about that because that will be meaningful for Calgary uh, in, enhance the quality of life for for uh, a lot of Calgarians, and hopefully be a vibrant area that will draw young talent to Calgary to support our burgeoning industries as well.
1: Absolutely, it sounds like the future is very bright. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to it. This is awesome. <laughs> well, thanks again for being on the podcast. Uh, I had a blast speaking with you. I hope you I hope for the same for you. Um, I would like to end the podcast with one last question. Uh, so my last question to you sure. is. What does being a leader or leadership mean to you?
0: You know, uh, being a leader uh, to me means that uh, you're effective in uh, harnessing the power of, of all around you. And, and that could be both uh, human and, and your capital assets. So uh, surrounding yourself with good people uh, and letting them do their job. I mean, trusting them to do their job. Uh, that's important, and then of course you have to make good use of of your assets as well uh, so in this case you'll be talking about stampede park and and managing it to to the maximum and you know leadership to me it's it's really about trust um, i i've worked in a number of industries and witnessed a number of industries and worked for different supervisors and whatnot you know if you If you think about a continuum on on one end of the continuum on one extreme end um is fear so you lead and you manage out of fear you scare people into doing their job and there are some industries where yeah it might be might be necessary those jobs that people really don't want to do but they need a job it's not sustainable it's just not sustainable uh people get tired of that and those you know that's your your uh proverbial micromanager who's always you know looking over your shoulder and making sure you're doing things right fear doesn't work on the very opposite end of this spectrum to me is hope you just kind of hope things work out <laughs> that's not a very good strategy either but right in the middle between that fear and hope is trust uh where you trust people to do their job well um they may make some mistakes but to me if if people aren't making mistakes they don't have enough latitude in their job and they're not going to uh, but you trust people to treat others right, and you trust people to do their job. And uh, if you establish that balance and that, that relationship uh, with your employees um, and those around you, I, I think it makes you a, a very effective leader. Hi, I'm Joel Cowley, and you're listening to Joel of Presents.
1: again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out JoeMomo.com slash podcasts. Alright, see you next time.